Welcome to the Empower House, a place to step into your confidence, realise your worth and become the best version of you. Whenever someone says, no, you can't do that, that just really means you can. Now you just kind of have to figure a way around it. You are awesome and you have something that no one else does. No one's journey or path is the same, which is why you should never, ever compare yourself to other people. If you want to do something, you go and do it. Imagine if everyone just spoke their truth. Today's guest in the Empower House is a corporate confidence and career coach. She encourages women to get motivated, feel confident, positive, and understood. She runs career coaching courses to help us reach that next level in our careers. She's written a confidence ebook. She's a host of that Good Life podcast. Welcome to the Empower House, Mel E. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me here. Um, I'm really excited. This is my first time being a podcast guest. Yes. So, Usually yeah. you're the interviewer. I'm on your side. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is an exciting time. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Could you please start by explaining what confidence or corporate confidence mm. is really all about? Like, what does that actually mean? Yep. But this is such a good question. But I guess specifically corporate confidence is being confident in yourself, in, but in your choices, in your career, knowing that you're making the right decision for you. Mm-hmm. Um, And I guess it does translate into obviously everyday life and our confidence in everyday life. But I think really in that career sector, knowing that you're doing what you're doing, why you're doing it and being able to kind of back up your choices, everybody kind of compares to each other. And that's Mm. definitely something that happens in corporate. So being confident in yourself and in your choices in in choosing different paths for your own journey Mm. is pretty important. And where do you think that that confidence comes from within us? Like how do we actually develop that? Is that the million dollar question? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Confidence really comes from doing something over and over again. So Hmm. I, when I talk to my clients, it often comes back to, you know, when you first learn how to drive a car, like you are not confident when you get in the car, when you're going for your learner's permit, but then every time you drive, you get a little bit more confident and then it becomes second nature. Hmm. So I really encourage people to think about one thing that they're good at. So it might be something like really trivial and really silly. Like for example, if I go to the supermarket, I know that I'm good at packing groceries because that was like my first job. So I'm really confident packing groceries. And therefore I'm really good at scooping ice cream. (laughs) That was my first job. You know, so it's like whatever you think, everybody has something that they're good at and we're good at it because we've done it so many times. So I think with confidence, it's like something you do repeatedly and that's kind of where you can learn to build your confidence. That's a very basic level, but, you know, to give you an overview. Yeah. So it's, I guess, about achieving success in a certain area repeatedly and then you start to build that belief in yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what about losing confidence? Um, I've heard you speak about this concept of imposter syndrome. I'd love to learn more More about about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is when you you doubt yourself and a lot of people with imposter syndrome, it is because of the expectations that they've maybe had on them as Mm. a child or if you maybe have a family who is really particularly strong on good grades and maybe you're better at sport, then you kind of already in, you know, your life, you feel like you're not good enough because you're not achieving maybe high grades in school. And then that kind of goes through with you into your adulthood. And then you might get a job. And again, a lot of the times when we're in the workplace, it's like KPI driven. Mm. So you already think that you're going to fail because you're not meeting potentially those expectations. So that means a lot of people hold themselves back and they won't try something new because they're scared of 
failing. failing and then it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy so yeah. you think well I'm no good at that and so therefore you aren't yeah, yeah right so all that self-doubt mm-hmm. comes in for some people so there's actually about 70 percent of the people in a professional workforce feel imposter syndrome wow so, yeah it's it's interesting and it's really mostly people who are high achieving you get comfortable doing what you're doing and that's where your confidence grows and then you're thrown into the to the next level and then all of a sudden you're kind of back at that phase where you don't have any confidence and you don't think you're good enough so that's kind of what imposter syndrome is another level another devil so you've kind of got to start Mm. again so how do we overcome that yeah (laughs) I love this question um there's a lot of different personality types or imposter types so right so there's a workaholic so that's kind of somebody who they might feel that they're not as qualified as their colleague so they they'll come in at like six in the morning and leave at like seven at night so they feel like if they're not as qualified if they work harder you know, they can prove their worth. Mm. Um, the perfectionist. So I guess that's pretty self-explanatory. I think that might be be me. That's that's me as well. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, we have to do everything perfectly to, to feel like we're valued or worthy. Mm. Um, the soloist. So someone who has to do everything on their own, uh, the expert. So someone who feels like they have to, you know, know absolutely every detail, be able to like explain that and not mess up. And basically to overcome it, if you can identify which one of those is you, mm. then you can kind of learn the skills to overcome it. So it's about being aware first yeah. and recognizing, I guess, exactly. the traits that you have. Exactly. And a lot mm. of people are a blend. I'm a blend of, of a couple, but I know that in what situation what imposter type is coming up for me. So for example, with the work I've been doing in the course that I run, Mm -hmm. trying to get that course created, it had to be perfect. So no one else is going to know what that looks like, but it had to be my version of perfect, which then obviously there was self-sabotage that come up because it wasn't good enough. And yeah. But it was, and it's amazing, but it's like the process that we go through ourselves. So yeah. everyone goes through it. For sure. I can totally relate with that. Like at my in my job as a radio announcer, I will over plan every single break. I'll do all this research, I'll watch these interviews online, gather all this information about the artists, the bands, chop up all this audio, and then it still won't be good enough and I'll do it again. You can always do more. You can always like never be happy with yourself. Exactly. So how do you learn to just accept, yeah. you know, that's good enough actually? Well, you know? as a perfectionist, the best thing is to celebrate small wins. So, you know, okay, if good it's one. like the fact that you kind of did that segment and it didn't fail, celebrate that. So rather than thinking like I could have done this better, like look at what you actually did achieve mm. and then celebrate that. And that would involve taking a risk to not be so prepared and yep. actually have a go at just, doing you know, it. doing it, it. On fly. and then probably would be okay. And, yeah. you know, I might stuff up a word or whatever, but. Yeah. Well, and I feel like. The world's not going to end. I guess a lot of people can relate. Well, probably women can relate to like your wedding day. I haven't been married, but I know like a lot of my friends, they know every minute detail of their wedding. And if something goes wrong. Nobody else knows except for them. So true. Yep. And so, but to everybody else, your day is still perfect. So I think like that's kind of a good what analogy. I mm. br- always bring myself back to is like, I know, but nobody else is ever going to know that that was meant to happen and didn't. So I think perfectionism, I think that self-doubt really common uh, that a lot of us are experiencing. Yep. What are some of the other main mm. issues or I guess concerns you find your clients coming to you with about wanting to be coached in their careers? Yeah. So work-life balance, mm, massive. Yep. That's probably one of the biggest, yep. biggest ones. Um, 
the fear of judgment from other people is huge and just feeling worthy. And although the people that I work with, uh, it's obviously around career confidence, it translates into everything else in your life. Absolutely. So every time we talk about something, yes, I'm career focused, but it also ripples into your personal lives. It's very much as I start to dive into stuff with clients, they pick up on it might be affecting them at work, but they can see where it's kind of going into their personal life life. or Mm. vice versa. But they're probably the three, the biggest ones, but work-life balance, huge. What is your like main tip on how to have a work-life balance? Well, this is, and everybody asks me this, they're like, how do I get that? It really depends what work-life balance is for the person because, so for me, I wanted to have my own business because for me, I value flexible hours. So it was about being able to get on a plane. Like if I want to go sit in Bali and, you know, well, I mean, can't now, but (laughs) when we can travel again, like, you know, if I can go sit in Bali and work on a beach and that for me was work-life balance. That's the dream. You know, for other people, <laughs> yeah. it might be working four hours and then having, having more the time rest with of the afternoon. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. So it's really dependent on who you are, what your values are and how that looks for you. Mm. So it, for me, it would be first determining what does your perfect day look like? So, okay. you know, it, for me, I don't have an alarm to wake up to unless I've got a client at an early time. But I also have boundaries around what time I work with my clients. So for me, I don't have an alarm, but I'll wake up, I'll go to the gym, I'll walk my dog, I'll have a coffee, then I'll start my day. So some days that could be nine o'clock. If I have a sleep in, it could be 11. So that's where my work-life balance comes in because I don't have a schedule that I necessarily need to stick to. Mm, Yeah. Mm. So you've got that flexibility, but you're still getting everything you need done, but you're just doing it in your own way. And it doesn't matter what time because I don't have a specific deadline, but for other people, you know, if their work-life balance is more time with family, then it's figuring out with, you know, your boss or whoever that you can start work at nine so you can drop your kids off and finish at three so that you can pick your kids up. So it's kind of really knowing what that balance is for you and then kind of going back and putting goals in place to set that balance up. I found when I used to be a teacher and people always say, oh, it's so great to be a teacher. You get holidays, but it's true. So you're going so hard for 10 weeks flat out and then you have two weeks where it's like complete opposite rest and then another 10 weeks crazy whereas now that I and I just got completely emotionally exhausted after 10 years of doing that and now in my current job in radio I feel like it's much more like a flat line like I don't get those holidays every 10 weeks but I feel like I don't need it as much because I have much more balance in life exactly day to day it's personal it depends on what your job is and and what your goals are and you said another issue that a lot Mm -hmm. of women come to you with is that fear of judgment yeah Where do you think that comes from? You know, a lot of people, I guess, want their families to to give them validation and things like that. So, but for me, it wasn't my family. I got a lot of validation there, but then I didn't get that when I kind of went to school and started, Mm. um, you know, high school. So for me, the fear of judgment came from my peers um, and from outside sources. So like my boss or my colleagues or clients. So I think for a lot of people, it quite often is like their friends because they're the people that they want to impress the most because they care about them the most. Friends and peers, I think as well. I even thought when I was starting up this podcast, I was sitting on this for maybe a year right? because I was like, I think I've got a good thing. Is but anyone what are other listen? people going to think? Yeah. yeah what if, and especially the people in that field of work, like yeah. doing something similar, you think, oh, but what are they going to think of this? And that's the biggest fear. But it's a, it's your own sort of self-limiting beliefs that, that's holding you back because now I've done it and like heaps of people love it and they're listening and what I feel really proud of myself. What made you jump into it and just do it? 
I think I just got tired of my own excuses. I was just yeah. like, you know what? I have worked so hard to gather this content. I really think I've got something good here. I guess I just had to take the leap and just trust that even if one person got something out of it, then hopefully yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, I love it. And that's probably like the biggest way to do stuff. Yeah. When I chat to my clients about this, it's like you could be the nicest person in the world and, you know, you could always say the nicest things and maybe a thousand people think you're incredible, but one person might take what you say a different way mm -hmm. and you can't control that. So it doesn't matter how nice you are, how polite you are. It doesn't matter what you do. Someone is always going to view it in a different light to everybody else. So you really cannot in any way control other people's thoughts or how they're going to react to something. Whether you plan it to a T, it's never, it's never for everybody. So I think, yeah, like you said, you just have to kind of get out of your own way and, and just do it. And if, yep. yeah, that's I the think best way to go about it. I love what you just said then. Like you cannot control other people's perceptions of you. No. So you can only control what you do mm. and you can't change what other people think of you. Exactly. There's, and, you know, yeah. even if you think about yourself, like there's people who I have an opinion of that, you know, my friends have a completely different opinion of. I love mm. that quote. What other people think of you is none of your business. Yeah, <laughs> that is probably like the best quote and yeah. like the biggest. It's so hard to, to actually Yeah, it's easier said follow. than done. Yeah, yeah. but a good quote. <laughs> I'm all about the corny yeah. inspirational quotes. I love it. <laughs> so you run three types of coaching courses. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about them? I can. What my business is, so Mel E Confidence Coaching, but it's separated into three pillars. So... The coaching, I guess for me, was a blend of my uh, like wanting to help people who were obviously going through the things that we spoke about, especially self-worth, but a blend of my background, which was like corporate and business, which I am so passionate about. Mm -hmm. I used to work in recruitment. And one of the things that I noticed in recruitment is that big scale recruitment companies find it really difficult to help people coming out of uni. So a lot of people coming from university didn't know how to get into the, to the workforce. So the first part of my business is helping those people. So get you know, a foot in the door. Yeah. Or yeah. like just teaching them how to write resumes, how to build your personal brand on LinkedIn, uh, how to work with a recruiter, if that's something that you're open to interview tips. So like all of the basic things that you, you know, you kind of go through uni and you get to the end and you're like, now what do I do? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, I've kind of, I feel like I've created these mini guides that that's what they're there for. Then the second tier is like the next level up, which is an online course. So it's self-guided. And then throughout the course, you get some one-on-one -on -one time with me as well. But this is like for the person who's probably already in their career, but is maybe feeling like a little bit stuck or they might be looking for, you know, a pay rise or a change or whatever it may be. There's just something that's not sitting right with them. Mm -hmm. This is where we dive into like really deep into imposter syndrome because okay. that's the big, that's the first topic. Cause I feel like until you kind of nail that, then address it straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we talk about like managing up. So like how to manage your boss, how to manage your team leaders. We look at things like politics in the workplace. Dynamics. Place. Of yeah. What's kind going of like on. a high school, you know, are you the cool group or you're not the cool group? That's, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And it happens even though we're adults, it happens in the workplace. And then we look at celebrating your wins. So obviously people always want to pay rise and it's a hard thing to ask for. So we delve into like how you can go about actually asking. The final part of my business is one-on-one -on -one private coaching. So that's really for the person who needs that extra bit of support. I work with them like for 10 weeks and I am like amazing in your life yeah. <laughs> for 10 weeks. I am like 24 seven. You have me literally on speed dial 24 seven and I'm like 
in your business. I'm your best friend. Yeah. I'm cheering you on. But that's really like, you know, I guess probably that work-life balance where you're really stuck. A lot of the people I work with are parents, so they are stuck between their identity as a mother and as a career person mm -hmm. and kind of how to balance that in their life. All of that stuff that we all kind of go through. I just had a beautiful like little image of you as like a little angel on your shoulder. <laughs> like, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I hope that's where, like, how they see me, not somebody just like pestering them constantly with like to-do lists. Sometimes people need that. They but, do. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's, you know, the one-on-one -on -one stuff is very private. It's very Tailored dependent on the person, yeah. which is, yeah, which is what I love about it. Yeah. I would love to pick your brain on a few of those things yeah, that you just sure. mentioned um, without obviously, you know, giving us your whole course, yeah. <laughs> but just a few of your like top tips, sure. job applications, yeah. like writing a good resume and cover yeah. letter. How yeah. would we go about making sure we have a cool. good application. I'm so passionate about cover letters, like to the point where people probably think it's a bit weird um, <laughs> because people are like, cover letters aren't important. It says it in my resume. Correct. It, it does. But your cover letter is your chance to really pinpoint your, like what you've actually nailed in your career. The important thing about cover letters as well, don't just send a cover letter to every job the same. Mm -hmm. If you want to get past a recruiter, and this is important, obviously, because I worked in recruitment, if your cover letter is detailed about that specific job, they want to know that you're interested in the business. So if you're kind of sending out random Generic, cover letters, like, like yeah. it's, you know, it's, it doesn't look great because it doesn't look like you've put in effort. And mm -hmm. obviously if someone's going to hire you, they want to know that you've got a bit of effort behind it. So I would say tailor it, but, you know, make sure you have gone through the job criteria, but put a little bit of in about like what you're doing now, some of the achievements that you feel are stand out and then how that kind of relates back to what the business is looking for. If something's important for them, like you being able to, to speak to clients, you can put on there, you know, I really enjoy, or my specialty is, is business development and speaking with clients. And I know this is a skill that you're looking for. Oh, so like, you know, phrase. something like, like that. that is, it's simple because you're kind of copying what they've written, but you're turning it into a skill that you have, which really kind of stands out. And that's what people are looking for. Mm -hmm. Having had thousands of cover letters and resumes come across your desk working in recruitment, is there a recommended sort of length you would say? So a cover letter, I'd say like a page, like yep. max, a couple of paragraphs. Resumes, put on there what is relevant. So, you know, you don't need to put that you were working in an ice cream shop yeah, in an ice cream 14. shop <laughs> when you're applying to work you yeah. know put stuff that's relevant so even if it's a page that's totally fine but it's relevant mm -hmm. information to to the job that you're going for you mentioned before about how to pass for a pay rise is something yes. that you cover yeah so I think this is something that we find really challenging because we do have that self-doubt we do have the yeah. imposter syndrome we question like am I worth more like how yeah. do I really deserve this so how do we go about either asking for a pay rise or simply like wanting that recognition from our boss or yeah. management um, without kind of sounding arrogant. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the thing that people are most scared of. But the, the biggest thing when it comes to asking for a pay rise is does your boss know that you are looking for a pay rise or a promotion? So I think this is something that we kind of just assume. Mm. But at the end of the day, like our boss is really busy and it's not that they don't care about us, but they have, you know, many other things on their plate. So they may not know specifically that that's what you're looking for my number one thing is to sit down with your boss like face to face or zoom if you need to and have a clear conversation with them so go to that meeting with your achievements maybe the ones that you've done in the last six months that you can prove with data 
that has impacted your company. Yeah. That's a great starting point. And then say, this is what I've achieved so far, but what else do I need to do to be able to get a promotion or get a pay rise? So then your boss is going to give you the exact steps that you need. And then they're also going to have a really clear understanding of what your goals are. And then they're going to be able to support you to do that. You also mentioned before the phrase managing up your boss. What does that mean? Yeah, cool. So this is really interesting. We can kind of influence the decisions that our, our managers make as well. So it's really about understanding how your manager works. Managing up is really about, I guess, understanding how your boss works so that you can make your life and your workplace better for you. So Mm. I had a boss, for example, who I knew she would get to the office at ridiculous hours and work until ridiculous hours. But for me to be able to get the best out of her, I learned when it was like the right time to ask her a question, which then benefited me and kind of took me up my career chain. Managing up is like really about understanding their needs as well and having that understanding that they've got more than just us to worry about on on their plate. At the end of the day, the work that you do is kind of always going to be impacting or benefiting your boss. So if you know their goals, you can influence their outcome, which then obviously in turn influences how they see you and, mm. and how you progress in your career. So I guess it's about like taking initiative mm-hmm. and thinking, what would they like to see from me? Exactly. Yeah. And not always, obviously always going to them and asking, always asking the questions, but yeah, doing it Being yourself, proactive. giving it a go and mm. then helping them that way. I hope that makes sense. Good it's tip. A, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And How do you make sure that your boss knows all the work that you're doing and values what you're doing? Mm. Like we might be just quietly working away, getting everything done or feeling overloaded or whatever, but you don't want to express it because you don't want them to think that you're not like capable or managing everything you're doing, but you still want to be acknowledged and you want to be kind of celebrated for what you're doing. And I think that comes back to celebrating like your own wins. If you're celebrating kind of your success, obviously your boss is going to see it. And when I say like celebrating your success, it's probably... You know, you're <laughs> not, not like going to like walk around the office like, like yeah, exactly. I made a sale. <laughs> exactly. But you know, being excited for yourself, and this is where that self worth comes into it because you shouldn't always need your boss to also validate your work. Good it point. should be something mm. that you can be happy with on your own. Yeah. In terms of you know quietly working away as well, there's different people in an, in an office as well. So there's some people who like to quietly work away. Mm. Some people don't like you know, big accolades in front of the office, other other people might, but it really, at the core of it, you need to take responsibility and it needs to come back to you just celebrating yourself and being okay with the fact that you know that you've done a good job and you shouldn't need your boss to always validate the work that you're doing. Before you talked about dealing with politics in the yes. workplace, I think every workplace has this. Yep. So, How do you kind of go about not getting caught up in that? Mm. And I think this is interesting because I think at some point you, you need to, to be caught up in it. So sometimes, and this is, I find this interesting because people are always like, why? Mm. But if you don't understand, corporate has a lot of influence. So you, as much as it sucks, like your work ethic does get you so so far, but there are certain elements where the people that you know are obviously going to help project you to different levels. That's just the way that the world works. Yeah. So you need to be aware of corporate politics. So I don't think you can ever kind of go in and be blind to it and kind of stay, you know, completely outside of it. It's obviously where you need to set your boundaries around your values and what's right for you and, and what's not. Um, but you do need to be aware of what's happening. I think if you try and bury your head in the sand and pretend like it's not going on, then it's not really going to help with your career. 
it's about kind of that balance of, I guess, like in school, you want to be friends with everybody, but you don't want to be the person that's being kind of, I guess, the bully to the people around you. So, but you do need to be aware of what's happening to be able to kind of use that to your benefit as Interesting. well. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I talk about this in, in my course, building relationships. And when I started in corporate, I was, I literally, cause I come from retail, I had no idea that I was building relationships because every morning I would go and say hello to every single person in my office. <laughs> and apparently that was really Beautiful. weird. And <laughs> I didn't know because I was just like, I, you know, coming from a retail background, you chat and you talk to you everybody. Do. Yeah. People like, do you even realize that you, the impact that you made on the senior people in the business by doing just that? Just by saying hello. And every I was morning. like, yeah. no, like I, it wasn't something that I kind of thought. And then that was kind of when I first learned about politics because then people were like, oh, you know, you're doing it to kind of suck mm. up to certain people. And I was like, it was actually just a genuine, that was just my personality is to say hello to people. So yeah. I think, again, it comes back to you can't control how somebody sees you. And so I really was like, I don't really give a shit if that's what they yep. think about me because I know that I am just a genuine person who yep. was saying hello. But being aware of that helped me to navigate around that and get myself out of situations. Mm, and yeah. I guess it teaches you as well about other people in your workplace yeah. and what their personalities are yeah. like and how to work, work with around them. them. <laughs> exactly. And that's where, you know, that can be that thing where you're managing up and you're managing your team because you learn what triggers them, mm. you know, how to work around that and still kind of be confident and comfortable in, in your position. Mm. But again, it comes back to self-worth and, and how much you are okay with judgment of others yeah. and what people think of you. And so. that's really why confidence is the foundation yep. of everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Your courses sound amazing. Well, thank how you. do we sign up? Cool. <laughs> so you can go to my website, which is melecoaching.co. On there, you'll be able to see the mini guides, the online course, and the one-on-one -on -one coaching. The mini guides you can buy straight away. So that's cool. Fun. Yep. For the online coaching and the one-on-one -on -one coaching, I do just jump on a call with you to make sure that you're kind of the right fit and I'm being able to give you exactly what it is that you need. Yep. And then that's it. So we have a bit of a chat and then away you go. What were you doing before you were coaching? I had such a random uh, journey, professional life, I would say. <laughs> Started working in a supermarket and went to the bar. I actually moved to Sydney when I was 21 and worked in fashion uh, for oh. some really hot. I was a stylist for some magazines and some for some really cool Australian designers. Now the beautiful outfit today yeah. makes sense. <laughs> She's wearing this beautiful, gorgeous pink, amazing dress. Thank yeah, you. I do love to get dressed up. Um, and I, do you know what? That's probably where the whole the start of my confidence journey was because mm. that's where I learned a lot about women. Anyway, so I went from that retail visual merchandising and then I fell, fell into corporate, into recruitment. So two and a half years I did agency recruitment for and loved it. And that's kind of what led me to then going down the path of, of being a coach. And I guess the whole mindset and career thing always a blend of everything that I've gone through and all the things that I'm really passionate about. That's so cool. You've been able to combine your passions. Yeah. And how did you make that leap then to start your own business? Like how did you yeah. know, okay, it's time? I definitely didn't. I actually went away just before um, COVID happened. So I spent some time in Mexico with my best friend. Amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> and then I come back and and that was when I was kind of like, do you know what? I need to do something that is my own. But I knew that I wanted to work for myself. So I actually just quit. I didn't know what I wanted to do or wow. where I was going to go. And then it kind of turned out kind of well because COVID happened. I was able to work on my business. So that was kind of how it grew. I did a business course and then I did a, a coaching certification and then 
that was it. It and was then, kind of random. The universe that it was just, is working in your favour and everything yeah, is just happening as it's meant to. That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> Amazing. Do you have any advice for anyone who might be thinking to start their own business or maybe turn their like side hustle into a business? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So I think we've both said this already, but just get out of your, your own way. And I think one of the things you need to remember is why are you starting it? It's generally bigger than you. Like I know a lot yep. of people start a business because, you know, maybe they want to help somebody or whatever it might be. It's generally bigger than than just you. There's a bigger reason Purpose. for it. Yeah. So when you kind of get scared and, you know, when you start doubting yourself, just think about the people who you could impact. And, you know, like you said before with your podcast, if that's one person, that's yeah. a huge, huge impact. Reach out to other people who have done something similar. I think when you're going out on your own, sometimes it can feel quite lonely and quite scary, but mm-hmm. reach out to people who, you know, you admire who have started a business. And I think there's never a failure. It's always just a learning lesson. Yeah. I think that's really valuable for anybody that's also thinking of maybe even changing pathways, yes. like just trying something new. And if you're someone who really, really doesn't, you know, like what you're doing now and the fear of having to go back to that is kind of, you know, overwhelming, that fear is usually what's going to get you through. Yeah. So I know it's it's like a really massive leap to take, but that fear is what's going to help you drive and give you that motivation to, to change. And then when you step out of your comfort zone, I feel like that's that success that you were talking about earlier. Like yeah. you you actually show yourself, oh, that actually wasn't that scary. I can do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to finish up, I love to ask all our Empowerhouse guests yeah. to leave us with a, I call it a soul spritz. Okay. So just like <laughs> a last piece of motivation or right. maybe um, something that you tell your clients when they might be feeling that self-doubt yeah. or suffering from that imposter syndrome, like a little pep talk for our okay. listeners. I love this. Okay. Biggest thing to remember about confidence, right? It's it's not going to happen overnight. So it's work in progress. So you're never going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm confident. It's <laughs> always going to happen. And you're going to slowly get confident in different areas of your life. But the biggest thing is to stop telling yourself that you're not confident or that you're not good enough because your words are really powerful. Mm. So always, you know, go into something and be like, I can do this. I am confident. And then the more you say, I am confident, the more confident you're going to be. You're never going to be something if you keep saying that you're not something. So always I am and then the positive, whatever you want to be. So it's about yeah. changing your mindset yeah, 100%. and training your brain to believe a hundred percent. What you're and telling it. The wor- your words are the most powerful thing. Actually, one of the, things that I always say to my clients and they get so sick of me saying it to them. But if you wouldn't say it to your best friend, do not say it to yourself. Yeah. That's so true because we are so harsh on ourselves. hundred percent. Yeah, if your best test. friend come to you and was like, I'm so bad at this and you know, I'm such a horrible person. What would you say to them? That's always what I say. Be your own best friend and give yourself those pep talks. Love that. Oh my God, Mel, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain today. You've given (laughs) us so much gold and awesome tips. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been an amazing journey. Journey time. (laughs) We'll say amazing journey, amazing experience. So thank you so much for having me on. Pleasure. If you were as inspired by this chat as I was, please share it on your Instagram story would be awesome and tag me if you like so I can see that you've loved it at Emma Georgiatis. This is a completely independent podcast, so I'd be so grateful if you'd rate or review Empowerhouse if you've enjoyed listening and spread the word so we can lift and motivate others who are working on their worthiness to believe in themselves too. Thanks so much for listening and till next time, you got this.